Hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Charlotte. She is a mom of five, a podcast host, and a certified trauma-informed and subconscious coach. As a social worker from Monday through Friday, she's experienced immense trauma as a child, learned ways to cope, and then found out that as an adult, those coping mechanisms were not as healthy for her anymore. She went on a mission as of January 2022 of self-discovery and healing. She wanted to figure out how and what was going on inside of her um, and why she was the way she was and how she can improve herself by healing her past. She wondered if she could live happier and healthier if she healed. And since then, she has invested in herself, started her own podcast, and is becoming a certified coach to serve others. Everybody, please welcome Charlotte. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Paola. I am excited. This is her first time ever being on a podcast. She's launching hers in seven days. I'm so proud of her. I met Charlotte at an event in San Diego. And um, it was so cute. I was standing outside on the balcony and I could tell she wanted to come and talk to me. (laughs) And she was kind of inching closer and closer. And I was like, hi. (laughs) And she just came up to me and was like, oh, you inspire me. And I was like, really? And it made me feel so good. And I'm so thankful that she is on here and ready to tell her story. So Charlotte, let's talk about how your journey began. Well, first, I just want to say that during that um, event, you truly inspired me when I heard you speaking on stage. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to talk to her. I have to know her story um, because it just gave me so much motivation and almost like permission to use my voice like you are. So thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. All right. So how did your fearless journey begin? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I'm going to kind of talk a little bit just about the trauma I endured as a child because I feel like it really shaped me today and who I am. Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit of, you know, heavy stuff. Um, I'm sure a lot of us have dealt with heavy things in our life, and I think it's important for me to voice that that part of me. Um, so as a little girl, I did experience a lot of domestic violence um, in my primary home with my mom. She was addicted to meth for most of my life. I didn't know it though as a little girl. I I was just kind of rolling through the motions. Um, I had an older brother. He's five years older and he was like my protector, you know, during those really hard times with my mom. Um, I mean, there were times where we thought she was dead because she was strangled and I was only five, you know, so we just, we were just trying to wake her up. So, I mean, heavy, heavy trauma for a little kid that I had to see. And then, you know, going from school to school and moving around a lot, it was just really unstable and really unpredictable. And as we know, for kids, like we need that stability, we need predictability to, to really like flourish into a strong, healthy person, right? So I struggled a lot with that. And I developed all of these coping mechanisms that were to protect me, you know, and I saw my mom constantly have to protect herself from men um, so it kind of just became ingrained in me that like you, you just have to fight, you know, and it wasn't until like January of 2022, where I was like, I don't have to fight anymore. I don't have to have these like invisible boxing gloves on anymore. I can release that and really like work on myself. So after that, let's see my brother, my protector, my you know, he was the one who really like knew my life and what was going on. He ended up getting um, into 
you know, some bad stuff at like 14 years old. He joined a gang. He was running the streets and he ended up going to California Youth Authority Mm. for like almost four years. So his whole teenage life he spent in basically prison for teenagers. Yeah. And that was just like a huge, huge hit to me and my mom, of course. Um, Losing him was... I didn't realize how traumatic it was for me, but after I did like a lot of therapy around that, I, I really suffered from that. Um, even though I had to put on a brave face for my mom because she was falling apart, you know, I was nine, 10, 11. And like, she always called me the rock. Like, mm-hmm. You're the rock, Charlotte. You're the rock of this family. But as a little kid, holding all of that is like so much, yeah, you know? It is. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. I, You've been through so much as a child, and you really hit on a really good point. As as a child, we're expected the basic needs, you know, of food, shelter, love, you know. And when one of those things aren't provided, you you kind of look inward and you kind of think to yourself, like, is there something wrong with me? That it's the reason why everything isn't working out. Not really pinpointing it on your mom and her drug habit, you know. also like her telling you you're the rock at 10 years old like yeah <laughs> and so so you're like okay you're struggling to kind of find your identity and the moment your mom is like you're the rock i need you to be the rock and it's like okay i'm going to be the rock you know but yet yep. you're yourself like well then who's going to support me exactly who's going to hold me who's going to carry me and the one person that was your support which was your brother was no longer around and now it's like okay how do you maneuver and manage the rest of your life, you know, without him there? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And unfortunately, a couple years later, my dad, who I was, I would see him like every other weekend or so, he ended up going to prison for mm. nine years. So he left when I was 11. And I mean, it was just like one thing after another when I was little, you know, but I always had this like weird way of looking at, I guess not weird, but like this beautiful way of looking at it. Like I knew exactly what I wasn't going to do. I knew exactly what I wasn't going to be. And it just like motivated me to never touch drugs, to never go to jail, to never want to live that life. And I honestly went like the exact opposite way of my brother and my mom. You know, I I really loved school. I loved, it was like my escape, honestly. Like when I was at school, I knew I was safe. I knew there wasn't going to be any like crazy Um, anything happening like unpredictable at school. Yeah, school is crazy because I'm writing my book right now. And I was talking about school in my book about how it was the one place I could receive praise. Yeah, exactly. And it it was easy. Like, you mean all I have to do is get a good grade and you're gonna like me? (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's where like the validation comes in and feeling like, okay, like people see things in me and I'm doing a good job. And it just like feels so good to know that like other people recognize you. And I still am like that to this day, this day, like I love hearing that I'm doing a good job in my work or even like, you know, in my relationships that I have. So yeah, it was a lot of navigating like just crazy situations and learning how to, how to cope with them at, at a really young age. So after that, it was like, a lot of partying and like, you know, just doing like things I shouldn't have been doing as a teenager, but obviously a lot of teenagers go through that. Um, I was just like in such a lost space for so many years, you know, and, and really trying to find myself without 
I mean, I was, I got emancipated at 16 and I moved out and wow. yeah, I like was working and trying to get a high school diploma. Um, it, yeah, it was a lot, but I'm, but I'm so grateful for it because it just built like so much strength inside of me and so much, yeah. so much perseverance. Like I know I could do anything if I put my mind to it. You know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. So when you were emancipated at 16, where did you go live? I ended up finding a roommate. Um, me and my best friend found um, a roommate um, and we just started paying rent. He had a room available. So we both moved in and yeah. Really? So you moved into someone's house. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. And the fact that here's the thing, like I think about this because like I said, I'm writing my book right now. So I'm going through my own like discovery of my journey again, re, re going through it again. Yeah. And like it reminds me of the book, um, Adult Children of Immature Parents. Mm. And when you grow up with an immature parent or a parent who is not there emotionally, spiritually, you know, you as a child think, well, I'm going to do it better than she did. Yeah. or I'm going to do it better than they did, you know. And so you think like, well, I just have to grow up really fast and become the adult. And when you're 16, 17, 18, you really do think you know it all. You do. You <laughs> Like I could, it's not that hard. Like just pay the rent and pay the bills and go to work. It's not that hard. But it, like you said, at 16, you shouldn't have been worried about whether or not you're paying your rent. Right. You should be worried about whether or not you're getting a prom dress, right. you know, like, and that's the things it's like, you are now handling adult situations and struggling on how to really process all of that because it's not just regular adult situations of like rent and it's like my father is in jail my mother is in on meth and my brother is in like a, a teen incarceration thing so you're just trying to process everything that's going on I resonate with you so much because that's kind of like a little bit of what my family was like it was just constant I always say it was we could have been an episode of Jerry Springer <laughs> Yeah, you know, yes. and then I I did the exact same thing where I took a completely different route, and I was like, I'm not going to be like them, yeah. and I'm going to be do this. And I thought school was like my ticket out. Yeah, as if I just could get good grades, and if I could just do this, and if I could just get into college and get that degree, then I can like be saved, you know. And yeah. and yes, those things work for a while. But eventually, the trauma that is stored in our cells comes back out in different ways. And yeah. the coping mechanisms that you develop, like mine were, let's just drink alcohol. Yeah. Let's just like drink until you pass out. Or let's just go party at a club and dance the night away and surround yourself with friends. And that is a temporary relief. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get home and you're back in the silence with your own thoughts, right. it was just torment. Yeah, that's like a beautiful segue to what I was just going to talk about was, you know, when I graduated, I started taking classes at a community college and I was the first to graduate high school and definitely the first to go to college and I did exactly what you said. I just like I thought that was my ticket. I thought, you know, I'm just going to get an education and um I'm going to get, you know, a, a good career and kind of get out of this life that my fam of my, you know, primary home. Um so I ended up transferring without even like realizing I had enough credits um, to SDSU. And in the meantime, in the beginning, I had my first baby at 19. So I was super young mom. Um, I had a baby. I was married at that time. Everything was just really fast. You know, like, like you said, I, I had to grow up fast. So I felt like, all right, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to be a mom yeah. and a wife. But 
like you said, there was still so much to heal and work on. So we ended up getting divorced like shortly after. I think I was like 21 or 22 because I was just still so lost and really wasn't ready to like give my full self in a marriage or or even like love myself enough to love someone else, you know? And mm, Perfectly said. Yeah. You didn't love yourself enough to love someone else. And that's the thing. It's like when we can't figure out like how to heal and we're not healing at all, we're so busy trying to look outside of us yep. to fill that spot. And so you're like, oh, I'll have a baby or I'll get married mm-hmm. or like you got the apartment, you got the degree or whatever it is. We're still looking for outside things to really fix the inside of us. And that's the thing that we keep we keep trying to find. And, and p- people use all kinds of different coping mechanisms from shopping to drugs to eating to drinking mm-hmm. to you know, everything, there's always an outside thing that can help us, but it's always just a temporary relief because then you still have to come back to self. Right. And that's exactly what happened to me. It was like, I was, I was filling my life with all of these external things, thinking that it was going to make me happy. Um, but when it came down to it, I, it was about in here, it was about Charlotte. It was about learning how to I I guess like get to know my true self, who I am, you know, because I was just like in fast forward for so many years. I really came to a point after my first marriage, I was still very young, but I met the husband that I'm with now at 23. And so we've been together 13 years, but he's been so gracious in this process of like allowing me so much space to heal and, and do what I need to do that we've just worked out so well. Mm-hmm. But like I was going to say, it 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 came to this really big boiling point because not only was I like a mom, we were, we were a blended family at that point. You know, we had five children all together. It was like my son, his two sons, and we were foster parents to his niece and nephew. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was, I was doing it. I was like <laughs> superwoman. I, I look back and I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Like that was... <laughs> I was a, yeah, I was like a rock star back then. But and I was you like, were only you know, 23? Well, by the time we had all five kids, I was about 25, 26. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Five kids. Kids yeah. raising kids. I went from one child to five kids in a matter of like three months. Wow. Was, yeah, like right after we moved in together, his um, niece and nephew went into the system. Mm. And um, he looked at me and he was like, I'm going to get my niece and nephew. And, and I said, let's do it. Like, I didn't have, I didn't have any hesitation. I yeah. was, cause I know what it's like to, to live the life that they were living. And I couldn't wait to like be someone for them that they could trust and someone that understood where they were coming from and like almost like heal myself through being there for them. Yeah. You know, it is a big healing reflection because people um, reflect back what you are going through or what you've been yeah. through a lot. Yeah. So that's exactly. beautiful. So what was there like a aha moment or like a moment in your life where you were like, okay, I have to start healing. Like all these other coping mechanisms aren't working. And even though I have the degree and I got married and I had my own baby and I drink and all that stuff. And you realize like, okay, was there a moment where you're like, none of this is working and I have to go within? Absolutely. Um, I came to a really, really low place. Like I was drinking a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had two more babies with my husband now. So right now they're um, seven and three. But this was, you know, a couple of years ago. I just was angry. Every morning I would wake up and just be like, 
I just hated my life. And, and I would point fingers at everyone else. And it was my husband, I got to divorce him, or it was my mom, or it was like, my kids don't listen. It was everyone but me. And, and I remember listening to like a lot of Adele back then, right? Mm-hmm. And I love Adele. <laughs> and that song, um, To Be Loved, like, I would just break down every time I heard it because I wanted so badly to be loved mm-hmm. by someone else. Like, and then it clicked and I was like, I don't even love myself. Mm. Like I, I, I don't even, I tell everyone how much I love them, but I've never told myself, I love you, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did that was at the event that you and I were at. <gasps> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was just this year. Yeah. During that breathwork session that uh-huh. we did um, the second day, I had a major breakthrough that day. But we'll kind of go back to, to um, you know, the aha moment. It was I just remember there's, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. I can't keep living like this. I can't keep feeling so negative every day. So I decided to just really dive into like, why do I feel like this? What's going on inside of me? And I started learning all of these things through a manifestation course that I took mm-hmm. um, with Natalie Schlute. And it just started like all these things about ego and how, um, you know, all of my attachment issues and my fight or flight responses. And I started just really digging into like this whole other world that I had no idea existed. Right. And it just made so much sense. And every day I was just like, every day I was, you know, listening to her courses, taking notes like crazy, like I'm going to, you know, fix myself. I'm going to, and I just, every day I was going to my husband, like, now I understand why I'm like this. And I had, I had a tool to like actually be aware now and use a different way. Like the negative thoughts, like learning how to massage those thoughts in the moment and turn it into something else or just leave that thought completely and and do something else. Like that was a really big thing for me back then because it was just like so much internal dialogue that was negative and I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out of it. It was like a loop. But this that that program really, really saved me when it came to looking at myself and and what's going on inside of me and the trauma and like how that's affecting me now. One of the things that like truly, truly changed my life was starting my inner child healing. Um, I did a meditation to like kind of start it off and it was incredible. Like I can't even tell you how good it felt to go through that visualization, go back to that little girl that was sitting on the bed, scared and afraid and listening, you know, to her mom being beat and just like, it was so emotional as you can imagine. Like I was bald. I was bawling during the meditation, but like I grabbed her, I hugged her. I told her she was safe. I told her it's not going to be like this forever. It was just like a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. And then I kept going with that. I kept learning how to like reparent myself because all these moments pop up now as a 36 year old woman where I'm acting like I'm seven or I'm Mm. acting, I'm acting like I'm that 14 year old girl. I'm, you know, I have to think in these moments, am I acting like 36-year-old Charlotte who's experienced and knows like logically what I sh- how I should be reacting right now or am I reacting like that four-year-old girl that's scared and protecting herself and defensive yeah yeah that's been a huge turning point for me learning that oh it's so beautiful to go back and reparent the little girl that was scared and alone and needed that comfort yeah. um I think you know I talk about this all the time with uh my clients and it's so important to go back 
it's hard, especially if you had such a traumatic childhood like you did, like I have, and and it you don't want to go back. I have a lot of memories that I've blocked out, like I don't even remember. But I know when that little girl inside of me is screaming and is like tormented mm-hmm. and is crying and is hurt and it's afraid and and I I do it's hard it's even now I'm 43 and even now like I have to figure out how to self regulate without yeah. having an outside either person guru course teacher book whatever I have to just do it alone because one of the things that my mom used to tell me is you're born alone and you're going to die alone and honestly she was trying to like hurt my feelings but honestly it made a lot of sense because you're the one person you're going to be with for the rest of your life is you right. and if right. you're the person tormenting yourself and stuck in that negative loop of you're not good enough uh you're stupid you're a loser you 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 get stuck in that mode and it's just if you could just shift your perspective Yep. And think that's not who I am anymore. Sure, I was that probably when I was a little kid because I didn't know any better and I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have the love. I didn't have that like – and that's not not your parents' fault. Honestly, they didn't have the tools. They could only do what they could do with the tools that they had. And it, it all comes full circle. And the fact that you started to recognize that this there's got to be more to life than to wake up every single day being angry is just – that point where people start to ask those existential questions. And I love when people say, you know, when you're ready, the teacher will appear. And the fact that that teacher showed up with her manifestation course and it was everything that you needed to hear. It was Mm -hmm. like your spirit guides were like, you're ready now. I'm going to open, I'm going to unleash the veil of that needs to be released so that you could truly see the beauty that is you. I have the chills right now. Like that, that is exactly like spot on. It was, it was a point where I was ready and it just came to me. I wasn't even looking for it. It just came to me and it, it was exactly what you said. It was like, I was unveiling so much. I was discovering who my higher self was and what my purpose was. But after that course, I still was drinking. That's the thing. But I had like such a better understanding of intuition at that point mm-hmm. and you know my my human design and like my gut instinct and and I started to like hear my intuition like stop drinking like you have so much waiting for you on the other side if you just eliminate this one thing but drinking is like such you know it's it's everywhere in our culture yeah all my fr- all my friends drink well most of them And it was just really hard to get away from, like on the weekends and family barbecues and every celebration, like there's always alcohol. Um, So I struggled with that for like nine months of that, like, you know, that inner dialogue that's like, don't drink, do drink. Like it was just back and forth inside my head and it was exhausting. Like I was so so tired of like this, there's a word for it. Um, I can't think of what it is right now. It was just like arguing in my head all the time, right? And then I found... Um, this Naked Mind book. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's by Annie Grace and um, amazing, like blew my world. It changed so much for me when I looked at alcohol, right? And I joined her course, it's called The Path. And I did like a 90 day course. um, And this was back in September that I started it. And she encourages you like, keep drinking, you know, go ahead while you're in the course, that's fine. Because she knows what you're going to learn throughout that course. And One month in, before everyone stopped drinking as a group, I was like, 
I remember having like a really bad night and I was like, there's got to be a better way. Like I can't live like this anymore. And I'm doing all this work and I'm, and I'm trying so hard to like change who I am inside and be a better person. But this alcohol just had like, it was the one thing that was just holding me back from something even greater. Right. So, so I decided like after, you know, so much learning in this course, like I don't need this. I don't want this. And it became so insignificant. I have not craved alcohol since that day. And I'm wow. like, eight, I'm eight months alcohol free now. Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I wasn't like this crazy alcoholic, like drinking, you know, in the morning or like drinking to not get sick. It was just something that I, I would have really bad hangovers, yeah. even if I had a couple of drinks. It's a really, it's a big thing in our culture. It like you said earlier, it's like family barbecues. It's like weddings. It's like a quinceanera. Mm -hmm. It's like every time there's like a get together, even the holidays, it's the worst. Yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, yeah, it's just like, there's always um, alcohol being poured out. And then people actually treat you weird when you're like, I'm not drinking. Yeah. It's know? like, well, what's wrong? <laughs> like, are you What's are you, wrong? Are you okay? Are you on medication? Yeah. Are you pregnant? I was like, no, I just don't want to drink. Yeah. You know, like it's so crazy because um, my husband and I do um, like 90 days without alcohol. We'll just be like, okay, we're going to go on a cleanse. Uh -huh. We're just going to give our liver like a break. And, you know, I, I'm okay with not drinking. You know, sometimes when I go to dinner and people are like, all right, I'll have like one cocktail and I'll have one cocktail just because everybody else is having a cocktail. I don't want to feel left out and I don't want people to like look at me like I'm weird. So I'll just sip that cocktail and then the waiter comes and is like, do you want another? No, I'm good. I put my hand over it. No, I'm good. I just, one is yeah. good. One is good. Yeah. Because two, three, and it sometimes it baffles me how there was a time in my life where I had a seven to 10 cocktails a oh, night yeah. in the course of four hours, yeah. you know, or four or five hours, it was like seven o'clock to start pre-gaming. You're at the club, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, drinking, drinking. And as soon as your drink was done, they were pouring you another. And then the next day you would feel so awful, just like awful, you know? And as you get older, the hangovers got worse and worse and worse. And if you're not fixing that inner voice, that's when you really are attacked the most is in that low vibrational frequency. Exactly. You know, um, I was listening to this TikTok, which is pretty crazy side sidetrack here. Um, this girl was saying that, why do you think it's called spirits, you know, like alcohol, it's because it lowers your vibration so much that when you are not there, and people even say it like, oh, you know, you know, bad Stacy is going to show up because it's no longer you. Right. And I truly believe this. People could probably be like, there's no such thing as ghosts or there's no such thing as demons or whatever. But I truly believe that the people who died and haven't gone through the portal to go to the other side and are just chilling in this realm, they're, they're still trying to get that fixed. Right. So they attach themselves to your body at that moment when you are at a lower vibration. Wow. And that's why it sticks to you where you're just feeling so awful for the next couple of days, you know, and it's not until you start to peak back up where you're starting to recalibrate and revibrating that you become yourself again. That's a really cool way of looking at it, like on an energy perspective, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know to be true. It wasn't just a TikTok video, but you know, how much validation can it be? But I do believe that because when you see somebody who's like super drunk, it's almost like they're not even there. Right. Like their pupils are so extracted or whatever. How would you say it? contracted? They're, they're so out there 
that it doesn't even look like them. And you're talking to them and they're so completely gone. And then the next day you're like, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when you said this? Do you remember? They have no clue. Yeah, blackouts. No clue. (laughs) Complete blackout. It's completely gone. They have no clue. And, you know, it just, after a while, it just doesn't become a a good form of coping. Yeah. I mean, for for years it was like, for fun. And then it turned into, okay, this, I need alcohol. I need alcohol to have energy. I need alcohol to have fun. And I started like debunking all of these limiting beliefs that I had around alcohol. And I realized they were all wrong. Like that is not true. Alcohol actually takes more energy from me. It takes away the fun because I end up acting either like an idiot or I feel like crap the next day, you know, like there's no fun in it anymore. So now it's like, I love going places and I'm sober. I can connect with people even better than I was before when I was drinking. I feel great the next morning. I don't have to worry about a hangover. It's like, it's this whole life that I knew I wanted. It just took like the right timing for it to happen. And yeah, and since then, um, I joined um, Erin, you know, um, the event we went to. I'm in her coaching program, the Quantum Ripple Effect Institute. It's a six-month certification course, and I'm learning all about NLP and inner child healing and, you know, time techniques and just all these beautiful modalities so I can help and serve others. And, you know, in the, me- in the meantime, heal myself as well, because one of the things that Aaron truly believes in is, like, you go first. So the coach goes first. The coach, you yeah. know, learns, learns how to self-regulate and hold space for other people and it's just, it's been an amazing experience to go through this program. I'm, I'm almost finished with it. And then I'm a certified coach and I can start mm-hmm. meeting with people one-on-one, which is great. And um, yeah, it's, there, there's just been so much change since I've left alcohol in the past, like yeah. in every area of my life, from my relationships to business, to my actual job as a social worker. Like I'm just like so much more on point all the time. My body feels great. My sleep is amazing. There's just way too many benefits to ever go back. Like, I do not want to ever go back at all. Yeah, I will. It's the people who are still behind the veil. You know what I mean? They haven't discovered that without alcohol, without drugs, without the shopping or the food addictions, without all the things that really they could just find peace within. You know, I love, you know, the Bible says the kingdom is within you, but people still have it completely wrong what kingdom they're trying to talk about, right? It's like everything that you've ever wanted, everything that you ever like desired is within you, the tools, the skills, like the talents, everything's within you, but we're so busy covering it up with all the other things that we've, we lose track of who we are. And it's just like, you're just coming home to you. Yeah, who you were before all the trauma, before all of the chaos, before all of the like searching on the outside to try to fix the inside. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it took was stop pointing at everyone else and just look inside you, look inside myself and and really get to know who I am. I mean, I did that for 20 years. I played the blame game and I just was like, it was my mom, it was my alcoholic dad, it was my abusive boyfriends, it was always somebody else. You know, and I, you know, like I said, I'm writing my book and one of the chapters is going to be called the denominating factor. And the denominating factor was always me. I was in the equation every single time I was in the equation. And that's the thing that people think like, oh, if only they 
will start healing. If only they fix themselves. If only my mom stopped doing drugs. If only my dad stopped drinking alcohol. If only my, you're busy pointing the fingers outwards when really it's like the only person you have total control of and the only person you're completely and utterly responsible for is you. And then when you start to heal, like Aaron says, you do become a ripple effect because you become the example. And when I talk talk to my clients, I always tell them like, because when you start healing, you're like, oh my God, this feels so amazing. Everybody should do it. You want everybody uh-huh. to do it. But some people aren't ready. Oh my gosh, yes. They're not ready for their healing journey. They're not ready. You're speaking a different language. Yes. And they're like, what? Quantum physics <laughs> manifestation? What are you talking about? Like they, they're not ready yeah. for it. And that, and that was me three that years ago. That person has to be ready for it. You know, like you were ready. Mm-hmm. I'm getting chills. Like you were ready. Like you started to ask those questions. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast and you're not happy with how you're living your life and you feel like there's something more and you feel like it can get better, but you just don't know how, just start asking those questions out loud. Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? Why is, you know, what is my source? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, there has to be something better. If you speak it out loud, the universe conspires to bring it to you. And it just like you start to ask those questions. The universe is like, okay, she's ready. Yep. I'm going to send her somebody. I'm going to send her someone that's completely in alignment with her. And so that you can hear it. Oh my gosh. Right. Because it could have been any teacher, but you, it was like those perfect people, you know, Aaron, I, I don't remember what your first coach's name was. What was her name? Natalie? Yeah, Natalie. Natalie. And then that book, The Naked Self, like this naked mind. Like those were naked mind. Like those were the things that needed to come into your realm for you to see the exactly. light. Exactly. You know, and everybody's different. That's why I love that there are so many different healing modalities out mm-hmm. there because I've tried them all. Like during my <laughs> healing journey, I was like, I have to try everything because I couldn't figure it yeah. out, you know, because. I still was looking for the outside to fix the inside. And it wasn't until I started to come home to me and to realize who I was without everybody else's chatter. That's when I found the peace. That's exactly why I was drawn to you. Because I knew that I knew that your story was so relatable to mine. And like, I just, I felt it. I felt the energy. Oh, I love it. All right, Charlotte, as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom to share with the ladies who are listening today or men? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have two. One of them has really like stuck with me and it's having the willingness to grow. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you just have that willingness and you're open to it, like you said, things are going to come to you and when, when it's time. And that kind of leads into my other one is everything has divine timing. It's not going to happen the same for everyone, like you stated earlier, you know, and, and I, there were so many journeys I've been on recently where people are ahead of me in the journey or people are behind me and they're telling me, oh, I wish I was where you're at. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Don't worry. Trust. Just trust the universe. Trust your spirit guides. It will happen when it's supposed to. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so how can my audience find you and your new podcast that's going to be out soon? Yes, I'm so excited. Um, my podcast is launching on next Wednesday, so June 14th. Um, you can find my Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast. Um, and then also the you can find the actual podcast episodes once they post uh, the heal, or healing and dealing podcast. 
Oh, I love it. All right. Um, and where can my audience find you on TikTok, Facebook? What are your handles? Um, well, my Facebook, I, I did form a group recently that I'm kind of building. It's also called Healing and Dealing. Um, not on TikTok yet, but I will be. I'm trying to like get <laughs> all the things in order. There's so many, there's so much to do, you know, starting yes. launching a podcast. So um, if you follow my Instagram, you're going to really get everything. And once like the TikToks come out and more Facebook stuff comes out, I'll post there and it'll be dispersed everywhere. Your Instagram handle is healinganddealing.podcast. Yes. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Fearless Female or find me on TikTok. I'm under at Paola.Rosser. Tune in next week. Goodbye.